This podcast provides general information and discussion about health and related subjects. The information and other content provided or in any linked materials are not intended and should not be construed as medical advice, nor is the information a substitute for professional medical expertise or treatment. Hello everyone and welcome to Under the Surface with Two Minds Training. I am Heather, one of the owners of Two Minds Training. Mackenzie is usually with me, however, she's busy looking after our clients and she's looking after our technical issues today. So, so sorry for those who have been listening. We have not uploaded a new episode since August because so much has happened. Uh, We have bought a new home in Coquitlam. We moved uh, in September and most excitingly, we opened up uh, an office space in Port Coquitlam uh, for our neurofeedback practice, uh, which is where we are today. So we will be open uh, during the day, some evenings and weekends um, in Port Coquitlam. And in addition to our Vancouver office, we will be open evenings and weekends. So we are very excited to expand and help our communities. Um, however, today we're gonna, get, we're gonna get into that in way more detail later in another episode. But today uh, we wanna talk about the world of homeopathy and get to know uh, Sonia McLeod, which I have here today. So Sonia McLeod is a registered classical homeopath and the owner and director of Little Mountain Homeopath in Vancouver, British Columbia. So welcome, Sonia. Uh, Thank you for being here today. Thanks for having me. Um, So to start off with, why don't we um, talk a little bit about you and tell me, tell us and our listeners a little bit about yourself and why you got into the field, because I'm going to assume you have a story which most of us do. Yes, so um, I got into homeopathy first, uh, learned about homeopathy through getting sick um, in my early 20s. I um, had just had my second baby, second child, and um, I was a little bit off balance hormonally, had not really been taking care of myself, and I think that um having two kids fairly close together kind of depleted me and um all of a sudden quite mysteriously started having a lot of food allergies and um a lot of breakouts um hives and swelling and a lot of fatigue and um, went to a lot of regular medical doctors and was not finding answers there Um, went to a couple naturopaths and um, my pocketbook got a lot lighter at that time. (laughs) I can relate to that. (laughs) (laughs) But I wasn't really seeing very many um, positive results there either. Um, Got a little bit better, but um, in the long term, I just didn't know if I could uh, maintain price-wise what what was being charged and what their solutions were and I was kind of at a loss at that point and was feeling quite down and quite depleted and was wanting to take care of the kids but didn't have much energy to take care of them 
and um, then heard about actually heard about uh, homeopathy through a friend of my mom's gave me a call and said you know I think I heard that you're feeling down and that you've got these health problems and why don't you try uh, my homeopath and um, they were at the Vancouver Homeopathic Center down in Vancouver and they're actually also or at the time they were teaching homeopathy as well so I went to see one of the practitioners there and um, was asking her about homeopathy and she she handed me forms to apply to the homeopathic school there and I looked at the forms and I looked at their intro and very clearly knew this is the thing that I have to do now. Wow. Yeah, so it was all very much aligned. Um, of course, after the session and after taking homeopathy, that's kind of when my health started to take a turn for the better as well. So everything just seemed very aligned in terms of what was happening, although I did kind of have a bit of a crash with my health and and, a, and a, quite a bit of a low point there. But, um, you know, in hindsight, really felt that that illness was um, a sign for me to to switch careers. Um, up till that point, I was in sales, but it wasn't really that much of a match for me <laughs> and wasn't really <laughs> uh, nurturing me. And that's why I think partly that I got ill was that that was a sign that maybe my path wasn't um, completely aligned with who I was and then um, started getting studying homeopathy. It was a four year program. And um, at the end, by the end of that new 100%, this is the thing that I need to do, that I want to do. What was it about the forms and being there that struck you as it fitting, lining yeah, up? Yeah, I just felt like things aligned so perfectly. Like this woman that I went to see, this homeopath that I went to see, was the director of the homeopathic school. And I felt like, boom, okay, wow, this all aligned so perfectly. Um, but in terms of the reading about what homeopathy was, I just really liked this idea that homeopathy is, um, it's, it's always looking at everything about the person and not just their physical symptoms but their mental emotional and those all are supposed to match up in a pattern and they all um they all like the physical should be uh, reflecting the emotional things in that client and that there's kind of a deeper way of of viewing that person's illness so for me, I like to kind of go deep when I'm looking at somebody rather than just saying, oh, you need to detox this or you need to look at your liver or your kidneys or whatever else, which I think there's a place for that. And I, I support people who want to do detoxes and so on. And I think those are good things. But I like the idea of going into the root cause of uh, why the person is where they are and I think that homeopathy does that really well. It's definitely I've been to um, I think three different practitioners 
some a little not specific one was a naturopath that did homeopathy and then you and another uh i think it was vancouver um oh, center yeah um and i found that i found it's you know the whole story is told not just um your you walk in with this symptom and we're going to apply this remedy depending so we can talk more about that. <laughs> yeah, because so because yeah. what is um so in what does a consult look like then when you're maybe we'll backtrack actually. Um, so your health got better, and you were you were so your health got better, and you were uh, also going to school. Correct. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So okay. my health was getting better, and it, it was a process. It wasn't something that happened mm. overnight, but it was like I saw hope at the end of the t- tunnel, hope for my future in terms of I'm not stuck stuck in this job that I don't like, which was the sales, and now I'm studying to do something that I am passionate about. Um, yeah, so my health was getting better slowly. I was learning um homeopathy and then at the end of the four years um, because the training on homeopathy too is it's like it's training your mind too to see the world in a different way as well so that that takes time as well so it was also like the healing of my perspective maybe what does a consult look like yeah so i guess it would look different depending on the person so that's why um i enjoy homeopathy because i'm kind of meeting the person where they are in terms of why are you coming in to see me you may be coming in with an emotional problem you may be coming in with a physical problem but I'm taking the person's whole history. So I'm going back to when um, they were younger. Did they have any health problems then? And that could be mental, emotional, or physical. And then, um, you know, when was, the, when was the time when you got sick? Um, because that may um, tell me a little bit about things that might be, be related to it. Um, so there's physical, emotional, um, and then we don't really go into the cause all the time because sometimes we don't know the cause of what, like we don't always know the start point. So for me, I'm really trying to gather the physical um, ailments. I'm trying to look at um, who that person is, what makes you tick. Um, what stresses you out, what does not stress you out. Um, and also like for everybody, um, a lot of people have physical symptoms, but different things trigger them. So what makes those things better or worse? Uh, for example, you have a cough, is it worse at night? Is it worse in the daytime? Uh, does it come and go? Is there a pattern to it? So all of those things to us help us find the remedy. Then we look at, okay, what, me- what remedy matches up with these symptoms that this person has described to me? So it's a little bit like being a detective where you have to, first of all, make sure that that person is open and willing to tell you all of their symptoms, which helps a lot with the process. And then we have to match that to a remedy that will actually cause 
those same symptoms because homeopathy at its root is a medicine that has um, the philosophy of like treats like. So a medicine that causes these symptoms in a healthy person is gonna cure those same symptoms in a sick person. And then that's also likening to the phrase fighting fire with fire, for example. Ah, okay. Mm-hmm. Can you give me an example of that off the um, top of your head? Yeah, so for example, um, say somebody gets a bee sting, we would actually treat that bee sting or help that bee sting with a remedy called apis. So that remedy is actually made from a bee. Ah, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. Mm -hmm. So maybe we should also backtrack here about, so that's the consult, and then you might come up with a a remedy to, actually, we'll keep going. So you might have come up with a remedy to help this person. Um, Do they always, always, is it always the right remedy? No, I think that, yeah, we're not perfect. Um, (laughs) It's great if it's always the right remedy the first time. But what I find is that um, because sometimes homeopathy needs to be very exact where we have to find the exact remedy that has the exact symptoms that matches up with that person's symptoms that they want to be helped So, um, for example, maybe someone comes in and they're not ready to describe fully those symptoms. So that could be one uh, block. Or they describe it perfectly, but for whatever reason, maybe the homeopath is not seeing that remedy that's going to help. And then um, the other thing that we find a lot is we will prescribe a remedy and it's working well, but then it stops working. Ah. And then we have to prescribe another remedy after that. So it's kind of a concept of layers where we might, or like an onion where we might start at the surface level. And then maybe over time, as we're doing uh, follow-up consultations and trying to tweak things that we may have to change remedies a number of times. Which so is so is, does it work with the maybe that layer, but like you said, then you're moving on to another layer. That's why it stops working. Yeah, exactly. Okay. You may need to move on to another layer. Um, yeah, or the person maybe is not wanting to go deep at first, and maybe we're exploring a little bit deeper each time, so we're able to get to a bit of a deeper remedy or the root cause, further into the root cause yeah. of what's ailing that person. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, we should probably backtrack and describe what homeopathy even is and where it started Mm because it's a little out of the box and i know when i talk about it with say co-workers or um, friends um, they look at me with a very glazed look and don't understand at all (laughs) what it is although they may have seen little white little, you know, tubes in the health food store, little white pills, uh, but they really don't know what it's for Mm -hmm. or how it's even made. 
Yeah. So that's uh, pretty common. I find that <laughs> in in North America, we just don't. The average person just does not have an awareness of homeopathy. Um, and yeah, I guess we can talk about over the counter, which yeah, more people sure. are aware of. Yeah, sure. But um, homeopathy, it first got started by in Germany by a man called Samuel Hahnemann. And he was a re- actually a regular, what we want to call allopathic doctor um, in practicing in Germany. And at the time he was getting disenchanted by regular medicine. And, and so I guess he was just experimenting and playing around with, with um, I, I believe, I think he was actually reading a lot of alchemy books and he was reading old herbal books and looking at some um, more out, out of the box things in terms of medicine, what you might want to say alternative viewpoints, points of view. Mm. And he started doing this experiment because he had read somewhere about China bark, um, cinchona bark, it's the Latin name, but um, in homeopathy it's called China. Um, so there's this uh, bark that he had read can cure malaria, and he thought, okay, this is this is odd. I wonder why he was experimenting, and he actually um, took a bunch of this cinchona bark just to see what will it do to me if I kind of take a bunch of it and see what symptoms it produces. And he found that when he did take some, some um, I'm not going to say overdose, but he took enough to actually get sim- some symptoms as a healthy person. And when he got those symptoms, those symptoms were the same symptoms as malaria. And then he started wondering, well, what does that mean? Oh, he discovered that like treats like because he was then able to actually cure malaria with the cinchona bark in his later experiments. Wow. So that is, um, as I talked about before, the principle of homeopathy, which is like treats like. And later he went on to do, um, so that was the, this experiment with, with cinchona bark was his first, what we call homeopathic proving and homeopathic proving. Ah, yeah. I've always wondered about this. Yeah. So homeopathic proving is when a healthy person, such as when, uh, Samuel Hahnemann did this experiment with cinchona bark because he was healthy and then he took the cinchona bark and got these symptoms. So that was really the first homeopathic proving. He went on to do many, many more homeopathic provings. I believe more than a hundred provings in his lifetime, which was basically he would do these experiments along with some of his colleagues and family as well. In some cases where they would take whatever, um, and it could have been, um, uh, I know that one of the provings was quite intense. It was snake venom. (laughs) 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 So some of these get, get interesting, but, um, a lot of the provings would have been, um, 
plant, plant-based, but there's also mineral remedies and homeopathy. So for example, sulfur, they did approving of sulfur. Um, they did approving of mercury and so on and so forth. They did that proving of apis as well. Apis, we talked about the, the bee remedy. So um, that, that's kind of the origins of homeopathy. Yeah, so those are the origins of homeopathy, and that is what we base in modern-day homeopathy, a homeopath would base their prescribing on. So they would get the symptoms, the list of symptoms from the client, um, and then prescribe a remedy based on the symptoms that the client is, uh, is describing. Okay, clear as mud. <laughs> how, how long ago did he do this? Like, uh, So that was um, in the 1700s in yeah, Germany. Yeah, was when okay. he first started these experiments and then went, went on to continue doing the experiments into the 1800s. Yeah, so I guess my I wanted to make sure people knew that this has been around forever. It's like when they ask about neurofeedback and we say, you know, 1960s and people are in shock. Um, these Some mm -hmm. of these things have been around for a long time, this being around even longer. Um, so I'm imagining it evolved over time, obviously, from then till now. Yeah, um, it evolved over time, but the basic principles have remained yeah. the same in terms yeah. of um, cinchona bark will still treat symptoms of malaria right now in the same way that they did. So in some ways, um, I guess if you want to say truth, truth is an interesting word, but it feels like the truth of homeopathy kind of maintains its um, purity in some ways. Um, we will always be expanding our um, remedies in terms of what we know about the remedies, but what we knew about sulfur, the remedy sulfur in the 1700s, we are still using that same knowledge um, successfully today when we're prescribing. Amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. So the, mm -hmm. so the core of it is the same, really. Yeah, we're always expanding, and yeah. sometimes that gets confusing. But um, I like that idea that I can still read uh, a Samuel Hahnemann book, and even though the wording is old-fashioned, what he is writing, the truth of that hasn't changed when it comes to homeopathy. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Um, so where would these, um, where would the remedies come from now? Back then, obviously they were, I, I'm going to guess a lot of them come from Europe, but I, yeah, I don't know. 
Yeah, so today um, we've got a number of homeopathic pharmacies and they've got certain standards that they follow and so on. Um, and most, like you said, most of them, most of the homeopathic pharmacies are in Europe. There are a few good ones down in the US and there is um, Homeocan in Canada, but they're a little bit more limited in what they offer, but you can find Homeocan products in Canada. You'll see them over the counter in pharmacies. And Boiron, which is a right. French pharmacy, you'll see those remedies, those that brand of remedies in different stores in Canada as well. Right. Mm -hmm. That one I definitely, I recognize both of those. Um, you can get, if I'm not mistaken, a lot of those, as you just said, over the counter. Right? Yes, yeah, you can get them. That treat, what would they treat? Yeah. Potentially treat. So there's a number of good remedies um, available in a lot of different regular pharmacies in Canada, as well as a lot of natural health stores, um, just for example, Whole Foods. Finlandia Pharmacy is a great pharmacy um, down on Broadway and Oak that I refer clients to all the time, um, choices as well. So some of those um, remedies that you can find are um, for, I'll just give you an example, Corazalia is good for colds. Um, Stodol is a homeopathic cough syrup. That's a great one. Um, camellia is great for teething. Um, just trying to think of, and then one of the bigger bestsellers right now is a remedy. It's a big long name, but it's called Acillococcinum. <laughs> it's in a box, and you can buy a family pack. <laughs> yeah, that's a great one for. I would say for for flu season, um, this is a good one, and it's their bestseller. And lots of my clients have had great success with it. And it's only meant to be taken at the beginning of the flu. So if you're in the middle of a flu, it might not be as helpful. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, good to know. Mm -hmm. So the, going, to fin, going back to Finlandia, uh, I have an experience where, say, a naturopath or a homeopath, what would you call yourself? A homeopathy? Uh, homeopath. Homeopath. Oh, my goodness. A homeopath might tell me to go to Finlandia because they will have the potency for me. And I may not be able to get that at Whole Foods. Right. Is that right? <laughs> So this is another <laughs> clear as mud explanation. Because <laughs> there's as if you if anybody's listening that knows anything about it, there's little numbers and letters on the bottles. Not always, I think, because sometimes there's combinations of things to make it even clearer. Um, but there's it's a that's a potency of the remedy that's in the bottle. Yeah, so there'll be the remedy name. So we'll give an, the example of Apis again. So it'll say Apis on the bottle, and then there'll be a number beside it. So it, the number could say 6C. These are common potencies, or when I say potency, I mean strength of the remedy. So the common potencies that you might see are 6C or 12C. 30C is a very common 
potency kind of um, 30 C is usually actually a potency that I recommend a lot of people if they're just starting homeopathy get a 30 C you can't really go wrong with that potency and then it goes up from there there's 200 C as well and you can get stronger but um, usually a practitioner would prescribe um, the higher potencies, which would be like a 1M or a 10M. But um, basically, this is, again, another clear as mud thing, but, <laughs> <laughs> but the higher the potency, the more diluted a remedy is because the ways that remedies are made is that they're all ultra-diluted substances for example if you get sulfur some people might think oh my gosh i don't want to take sulfur um, that could be toxic or another remedy that people get freaked out about is um, uh, homeopathic mercury oh my gosh i'm taking mercury no the remedies are all ultra diluted to the point where they're non-toxic so even at a 6c for example, which is actually less diluted than 12C, um, you will not be getting any kind of uh, toxic burden in your body. But um, they do believe there are a number of experiments in homeopathy. So some of these things, it's like we found this out after the fact. Why would something more ultra diluted be stronger? It's because um, it's not just we're not just diluting these remedies in the pharmacies. So the, the pharmacists are not just doing these dilutions and that's it. They're actually doing what's called succussions, which is a vigorous banging of the solution against a surface 10 times per uh, dilution. So for example, to take, it, to take something from a 1C to a 2C, you do uh, 10 succussions and then the dilution, you dil dilute it 10 times as well. And then you do another 10 succussions to take it to the 3C. Those succussions make a difference. They say that actually that banging with force adds vitality to the remedy and there have been actual scientific studies backing up those claims so we've got a number that was of, my next question <laughs> yeah we've got a number of um um i think in india a lot of scientists are doing this work as well as in europe but they're really looking at well why if if it's more ultra diluted why is it stronger why does it hit someone stronger and they are able to show through, through these different experiments why that is. And it's not my forte to, to really explain that part. And I think it's probably not that important to our conversation. Sure, sure. But, yeah. but we'll just suffice it to say that if you're looking for that knowledge, that work and those experiments are being done. And um, for people that enjoy reading about those studies. Um, there are a couple really good websites um, that uh, I think one of them actually just off the top of my head, I can say it's called HRI Research. If you Google that, HRI Research, there's some really, really good summaries of homeopathic studies, research that's modern that, that goes oh. into some of that. Okay, good. Mm -hmm. We can put it up 
as well. So we're going to put a few things up on our podcast and it'll be easy for people to find. Perfect. Yeah, Yeah, because this this knowledge needs to get out because I think that there's a misconception about homeopathy that it's not scientific. And although that's not really my forte, um, there's other things that I'm more of an expert in. There are thankfully people that are pursuing that angle and and are doing the research, which is great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, So in this day and age, um, I guess at this time, so you were touching a little bit about uh, touching on, say, uh, flu remedies or winter remedies, that kind of thing. Um, Maybe let's talk a little bit about um, what might be helpful for boosting immune system, especially during COVID. Right. So um, I'm sure that a lot of people by now are aware of the usual things that I tell my clients about, which are, are things like vitamin D, vitamin C, zinc. Those have all been, those aren't, aren't homeopathic, but worth mentioning. Super important. Yeah, yeah. super important. And there's been studies done on, um, you know, even in relation to COVID that these things would make a difference for people. Um, in terms of homeopathy, anybody that is concerned about the flu, I talk to clients about Influenzinum is one product that is a good flu preventative remedy. Um, is that an over-the-counter? That is an over-the-counter, yes. Oh, so you okay. can get that at a lot of the different pharmacies. Um, and would easily. you take exactly what's on the bottle? Like it's, I think it says a lot of times five pills or pellets time, you know, three times a day or something like that. Would you yeah. take that verbatim? Um, yeah, I would say that if you're not um, consulting with a homeopath, mm-hmm. that you should really just follow the directions on the bottle and just to be safe because the directions that are on there are um, t- uh, meant to be taken by, by someone over the counter. Whereas, you know, you, uh, it's very hard to overdose on homeopathy, but certainly you do <laughs> want to be safe with anything you're taking. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, influ- sorry, go ahead. Influenzinum. Influenzinum. Oh, very good. Yeah, so think influenza um, with an inum. An inum. On the end. Yeah. Uh, anything else? Yeah, that's. Um, I mean, honestly, in terms of over the counter, that might be the big one. There did used to be a product that uh, was helpful and was taken off the shelves um, called thymoline. So there's not too much more that. I should probably say about that. Um. <laughs> Sonia, Sonia and I are behaving ourselves. <laughs> and maybe I'll just add that if you want to know more, please reach out. <laughs> um, and then, but besides that, in terms of um, actually customizing a program, I do recommend that if someone is really concerned 
and wants to get started on homeopathics, that the best thing to do would actually be to come in for a consultation because we are customizing the remedy to the individual. So I can recommend a remedy for Joe Schmo that's going to help him, but it may not help his friend because they are different people and they'd have different susceptibilities in their health. Um, we even look at genetic tendencies and family um, inheritance tendencies to different diseases. So it's a complex thing. And so uh, influenzinum is great, but um, I don't want to be too broad and too general with what I'm recommending in terms of prevention. Yeah, well, and it's now nice to have a great resource because my experience with you is um, I had a family member that I met Sonia because I have a family member that we took to see you. And um, we went through uh, the consults that I'm normally accustomed to uh, and it came up with a remedy. But my other, you've helped me too. um, And my experience with you is to be in contact with you and... Uh, tell you what's going on and I think you do I maybe I don't know if you just do it for me or if you do this all the time (laughs) so maybe I should clear this up (laughs) you were doing some consults like phone consults I don't know are you meeting anybody in your office right now that's a good question I do meet people in my office and I I'm able to maintain a distance and, of course, space people out and do all the common sense um, sanitizing and so on. But I find that a lot of my clients have not been comfortable coming in, so then I'm able to offer phone consultations as well as now we've we've all learned how to do Zoom, so... I now do Zoom consultations. Ah, very nice. And Skype yeah. as well for some some of the old-fashioned people. Um, I do Skype consults as well. But I'm I'm flexible. I'm fluid. Sometimes coming in is better if you can come in in person is still I think the best way. But I respect that some people at this time would not be comfortable with that. And remedies can be mailed um, and also in terms of uh, consultation I can treat susceptibility to certain um, to certain things like colds coughs and flus but also we can look at what's called an acute consultation where if you actually have a cough or a cold then um, we would use remedies to help in the moment for those things that was my experience. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So I wasn't true. getting over something. It was taking a very long time, which is kind of my personality. And uh, I just couldn't get rid of, I believe it was a sore throat at the time. And for me, it was go down to choices and get sulfur. Yeah. Was the was the remedy and it helped and I was good. And yeah. off I went. Yeah, that's right. Homeopathic sulfur. So it was ultra diluted, <laughs> rendered non-toxic. So I know it's for people that are listening for the first time, it does sound odd. But these are remedies, you know, we're taking the original substance and then diluting it down, rendering it non-toxic. Yeah. 
and I have a sulfur allergy. So uh, I remember the first time I took sulfur, I was worried about that. I knew that I wouldn't be, it wouldn't be a, a negative for me, but it's good to clear it up because if you have some kind of, like you're talking about mercury, uh, I've had heavy metals and it, the last thing it, in my mind, if I didn't know, I'd want to take mercury and put it in my body when I've already got lots of it. Yeah. <laughs> kind of idea, right? Yeah. Yeah. Some of these remedies sound a little bit scary. Um, we've also got, um, you know, I mentioned influenzinum, which is actually a remedy that is made from the flu virus, but again, it's rendered completely non-toxic. So you're not getting any, um, for example, you wouldn't have a chance of infecting yourself with the flu by taking influenzinum. And we've got a number of remedies that are actually um, made from uh, diseases such as uh, there's a remedy called pertussin, which is made from whooping cough and we've got remedies made from meningitis um, and even cancer. So some of these <laughs> remedies sound really scary and people, I think when you don't know enough about it, some people get a little freaked out, but they're always rendered uh, in non-toxic form. So then I'm going to guess, um, then there's no side effects as a result of taking homeopathy. I have never had that experience ever. Even if you're taking, if you're in the store and you're looking and you go, there's a little box that says it's for, you know, sulfurs for A, B, C, and D. And I take it for that, for that reason, because uh, I don't know any different and I'm not consulting with anybody. I'm not going to hurt myself. Right. Anything that you get over the counter, um, a lot of those are also are in low potencies, meaning they're in fairly low strength. So they're meant to be taken by, um, you know, people that are not always in consultation with a homeopath. And um, I would say most people don't get side effects. If you do get side effects, then they would pass off within a day or two. So they're not permanent side effects. And they also wouldn't be what you would consider to be serious side effects. Maybe, okay, I feel a little agitated that day. Um, that sort of kind of a low level side effect. But some people are just sensitive. So there's always a possibility of side effects, but they're very, very mild. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. That clears that up for yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> and I've gone deep into this. I even learned about how once upon a time choices had a, um, a lady come in and she taught us all about how it's made. I was oh, so wow. intrigued with how, like what is in this little white pill? It makes no sense because all it is is this sweet little white pill. And um, I have to tell you, like a little three-year-old loves this stuff because it's sweet and easy and um, easy to take and has uh, quite a, um, more than a positive impact. It has quite a, um, it has a permanent solution. I'm going to mention that there is a website that... Um, you know, if you're really still trying to understand the basics and 
Perfect. Yes. Please. Yeah. There's a, a website that's quite good where you can learn some of the basics called Homeopathy for Canada. And um, it was started by uh, an organization called the Health Action Network. So it's like a, a nonprofit and they're just trying to get the word out about homeopathy. And the nice thing is that that organization also puts on some basic workshops. They, uh, they do some online webinars and so on free of charge. So um, we can maybe put that in the notes as well. But I Absolutely. feel like that's a good starting point for people that really have no idea about what I'm talking about. <laughs> I think I do encourage people to do a little bit of reading because it is, it's still hard even after an hour of talking about it. I don't think you're going to get um, all of the basics right away. It bears a little bit of repetition. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Fair enough. That's fair enough. Um, so how do, how does somebody get in touch with you? And I'm going to post all this information on, um, again, on our, uh, uh, the podcast info. So you don't have, nobody has to remember this, but how would they get in touch with you and, um, say book a consult and. Yeah, the easiest way is probably just to do a Google search. Um, I've got a big long name for my website. So if you just type in in Google Little Mountain Homeopathy, my website will come up. I've got um, a Google Places, Google Maps. Um, just get in touch with me by email. I've got my email listed. I've got a contact form and people are welcome to give me a call and we can talk for a few minutes, um, even book a time to talk for about 15 minutes free of charge. And we can just see, is it a good fit for what your concerns are? Um, is homeopathy right for you? Am I a right fit? So I don't mind taking that time to figure that out for you. And um, we can just kind of go from there. Okay. Mm -hmm. And she does do that because I've had that experience. <laughs> 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 I think she talked to me a little longer, but <laughs> yeah, I enjoy it, talking about homeopathy. I know, so, but it gives you yeah. it gives you an idea of who you are. <laughs> yeah, I, I do think it's important whenever you want to try to figure out is a modality right for you or is a practitioner right for you. I respect that people want to exactly. have that connection that. Um, and talk for a little bit and so I'm I'm really open to that and encourage that that's great mm -hmm. that's great and we're yeah. the same in the sense of wanting uh, practitioners on our podcast we said from the start we wanted to give listeners or people of interest that want to take care of their health in an alternative way they wanted information about things they're either too scared to even look at don't know about and give uh, the community more information rather than our traditional medical care complement your medical treatments as well. So Sonia McKenzie and I wanted to thank you very much for the information and the time that you took to come talk to us today. Yeah, thanks, thanks for thinking of me and I really, I've been enjoying your podcast so far, so I'm honored to be awesome. part of that. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. 
And thank you for coming under the surface with Two Minds Training. Um, if you enjoyed this episode or any other episodes, please comment and subscribe because this allows us um, to get the word out and more people to listen to us. And we hope you have a wonderful day. Yeah.